ears. This is not broken. Seriously. so much for hanging out with us at One Church. How many of y'all think those kids really enjoyed themselves making that? OMG. I'm telling you what. I'm with you. So my name is Chris. This is my wife, Kim. Y'all say hello to Kim. Everybody. Good morning. And today we are finishing our series entitled How to Hug a Vampire, but talking about raising little vampires. Before we dig in, I want to say two huge shout outs. If this is your first time with us at One Church today, welcome. You guys are our honored guests. We know that you have a lot of different options this morning, either going to different churches or just sleeping in. So thank you so much for getting them hanging out with us. So also we want to welcome all of those people who are volunteering, our VIPs. They are, are, really enable all of this to happen. So if you volunteer, thank you and let's give it up for them. Alrighty, let's talk about parenting. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. <laughs> so here's the thing. No matter if you have children or you don't have any children or you never plan to have children, all of us have been a child. So we can all relate to this. So before we dig down deep, let's just talk about what parenting is and what it isn't. Now what's a definition of parenting? Here's a great definition. Parenting is teaching and training your children to what? How many of y'all agree with that? Woo! Get out of the house, right? In fact, Bill Cosby once said it like this. He says, when your kids turn 18, you grab the keys from them and you change the locks. All right? Now, <laughs> that's kind of funny, but really, the whole point of this is we want to be able to teach and train our children to be able to get out of the nest so that they're not dependent upon mom and dad, but they actually are independent and they depend upon God. That's really a big deal. And so as we talk through this, that's our definition of parenting because we have to parent with the end in mind. Uh, one person recently said this, I heard him say, that when you have a nursery, you need to put a suitcase in the nursery because when it comes to our children, time really does fly. 
we have to remember that we are packing their bag from the day that they're born. We have to parent with the end in mind, and it will come sooner than you think. So it's teaching and training your children to leave. It's like this. With our baby Ds, our baby dedication, one of the things that we give all of our parents is we give them a jar of marbles. And we give them a jar of marbles, usually about 920 to 940 marbles, and each one of these marbles represents a week that they have with their child before they graduate high school. And what we do is we encourage every parent that every time a week goes by, you take a marble out. And you take a marble out. Because we, and we see this visual representation, but as that gets lower and lower, that slowly we don't have that many, not that slow to be honest with you, but it, it goes by really quick, doesn't it? In fact, this is what Psalms says. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Parents, we must parent with the end in mind because we have a very limited amount of time. And I believe that when you see how much time you have left, then you will get serious about the time that you have now. So what we're going to be talking about is parenting, and especially when it comes to vampires, we're talking about another really tough subject, and we're going to be talking about... I think think that's you. Discipline. Excuse me. Sorry, y'all. It's all right. Sorry about that. So we're going to be talking about discipline today. So <laughs> scared you to death, didn't it? It did. <laughs> yes, Lord, speak to me. What do you want to say? Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, when we talk about discipline, that can just bring up so many different thoughts in our minds. And um, before I even say a word about that, I just want to add to what Chris was saying as far as the subject of discipline and children and parenting. And I want to be the very first person to say to you, we do not have this figured out. That's right. Every day we learn something new, either about ourselves or our children or both. Sometimes we learn it from one another. Sometimes we learn it from a child who will look you directly in the face and go, huh? You know, I mean, there's just those moments where you realize you don't have this all together and you don't have the answers and there's no answer book. And I will say that for me personally, parenting has been absolutely the biggest challenge of my life. I can look out in this room and see some of your faces and I see you guys doing your thing with your kids and I'm like, yes, they have got that. They are, they're rocking that parenting thing. And then I'm like, oh, well, I want to be like that. You know, there's, there's been times where I felt like I've done a good job in an area, and I'm like, yeah, okay, we got it. And then the next day, I mean, I'm in the pit. I'm crying. I'm upset. I realize I'm raising, you know, children who are going to destroy the earth, you know. So <laughs> it's just hang on tight, you know. There's not, there's not a perfect answer, and there's not a perfect way to do it. Um, and, and we're learning along with our children. And discipline is a huge part of that. You know, discipline can conjure up, conjure up ideas that are really positive and really negative. If you're a child, negative. If you're a parent, you hope that they're positive. And I want to talk about discipline. We want to look at it a little bit differently today. We want to look at discipline as correction that is driven by love. We don't want to look at it as the fist of the ruler or the iron rod. We want to look at it as correction driven by love. Discipline does not focus on the past. It looks toward the future. That's right. Discipline is not about anger. It is about an attitude of love. Discipline is not about fear. It is about security. 
And so as we talk about that today and look at discipline, we want to begin to change the way we see it. And we want to change the way our children see it because of the way that we work at that together. Today, we're going to talk about some scriptures that really help us, Chris and I, and you out there to see what is it that the Bible has to say about families. Because believe it or not, God wants your family to succeed. That's right. He wants you as parents to succeed. Even though some days it doesn't feel like it, he did not sit up in heaven and go, I got an idea. Watch what I'm fixing to do. Children. (laughs) You know, he's, he's not out to get us in that. And he doesn't want our children to be miserable with us. The family was his idea. We want to talk today, we're going to use football as an illustration in several of the things we're going to talk about. And Woo! Hank, Hank, y'all are going to have to ignore his jersey this morning. Now, I know some of you are like, huh. Oh, seven and one, I'm yeah. just saying, seven and one, <laughs> Auburn, Oregon. But we're going to talk about, we're going to use football to help us do some illustrations today. And, and I'm not a football person, so hang in there with me because I'm, I'm probably going to sound stupid in some areas. But I do know that when I've been to a football field before, when you walk in and, and it, whether it's a stadium or just, you know, regular area, you see the field and, and you notice that there's these hash marks. There's these, these lines. It's telling us where the yard, yards, where the yards are. Um, it's, you know, it shows like this side of the field and that side of the field, right? Field? You're good. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's boundary lines. And that is what we want to talk about today is those boundaries. We spent this entire series talking about boundaries. And just as a reminder, the definition of a boundary is a property line that indicates ownership and responsibility in a relationship. We've talked about this with marriage. We've talked about it with friends. And today we're going to look at it with our children. I have heard that if you play football just out in an open field and there aren't any markers out there, that some fights can break out mm-hmm. because people are like, hey, you were, what, made a foul? No, you uh, out of bounds? Yeah. Okay. I, got, I got that. Got it. Okay. <laughs> markers, you guys. Markers. <laughs> Hang with it. But I mean, how many of y'all have ever played like, a, you know, football outside just with your friends? There's no hash marks. Or no, it, 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 the difficult thing about that is how do you know when you made a touchdown? A lot of times you'll have people who are angry and you get frustrated. But no, you didn't make it. You went out of bounds, this or that. It can be frustrating. But one of the cool things about when you're playing on a field, it's obvious. It's obvious. Our big idea today that we're really going to be diving down deep has two parts. And the reason why it has two parts is this, is because the first part, we're going to mainly be talking about the younger years, the toddler years. And in the last part of this big idea, we're going to be talking about teenagers. How many of y'all have teenagers? How many of y'all are alcoholics? Okay, good. Yikes. Dear Jesus, I'm just saying, I'm telling you, it's one of those things where either alcoholics because we have teenagers or we're really deep in prayer, right? It's a, it's a difficulty. So let's look at the first one, and the first one is this. The big idea, relationships without rules equals chaos. Relationships without rules equals chaos. Nine times out of ten, if you have a younger child who is a vampire, the problem isn't the child nine times out of ten. The problem is the parent. And the problem is one or two things. Number one, there are no clear lines. There's no clear boundaries. Or there are clear boundaries, but there's not any consistent consequences when they go over those boundaries. Now, let me just say this. God is calling you to be their parent, not their friend. 
Let me tell you, they have a lot of friends, and they're going to have a lot of friends, but they only have one or possibly two parents in their life. You, God is calling you to be that voice in their life. And what the problem is, many times we settle for being their friend, and we want them to like us. When at the end of the day, our job is to train them and teach them to get out of the house and to be a godly man or a godly woman. And sometimes they're not going to like us for that. So don't just settle for being the friend. Be the parent. One of the things as we talk about this, as a parent, number one, we have to set out of bounds. We have to set out of bounds. We can't just draw lines, random lines, and say, hey, you cross the line. We've got to explain why the lines are there and what happens when they go across the line. we got to explain as God's parent, you know, I'm simply doing this for you, son. I'm simply doing this for you, daughter, and what God has graciously done for me because the Bible is a book of lines. I mean, you think of it this way. The Old Testament, specifically, the Old Testament, there's a lot of do's and do nots. In fact, some of you, that's kind of how you kind of put Christianity. But in the, in the Old Testament specifically, there's, there's a lot, there's 10 do's, right? Don't do this, don't do this, do this, do this, do this, right? And then in the New Testament, Jesus says, you know what? I, you know, I'm not going to come to abolish the law. I'm going to come to fulfill the law. And I'm going to kind of boil those 10 down to two. But really, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a book of lines. And God is saying, if you do this, then this is going to happen. And if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And he makes it very clear for us. I mean, think about this. And I, I like what Proverbs twenty nine fifteen it says this. To discipline a child produces wisdom. How many of y'all, you want children who are wise? How many of y'all, you've been around children who aren't wise? Or maybe adults who aren't wise? All of us. Some of y'all, you're like, that's my boss. Whatever, okay? To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. So as a parent, it is my job to draw the lines. Now, let me tell you, it's my job to draw the lines and then not change the lines. Kim's going to talk a little bit about that, about consistency. It's my job to draw the lines, not to allow the kids to draw their lines for themselves. Draw the line. It's my job to draw the lines. So, so many times, and again, I'm going to go off just on a tangent very quickly here. So many times I hear as parents, you know, I'm not going to make my kids go to church. They need to want it. No, 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 no. They're in your house. You need to draw those boundary lines. And I've got to be honest, as a, church, as, as a kid, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, right? But, and, and, and many times, did I want to go? No, I did not. But let me tell you, you don't, you don't just allow them to just always make the decisions. You have to make some decisions for them. I think we ask our kids too many questions. You know, what do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What time do you want to go to bed? Now, again, I'm all for asking questions, but sometimes we have to establish clear and consistent boundaries. Proverbs 22:15 says this, A youngster's heart is filled with rebellion or foolishness, but discipline will drive it out of them. Many times as parenting books, we kind of see this, and a lot of times people will take a couple of different approaches. Um, you know, that our, child, our children, our child, children, Children. Kids. Children. Our kids Children. are great. They're awesome. They're amazing, right? And, 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 and the kids, all kids are amazing, the little flowers that bloom, right? You know, and they don't have any bad things in them. And usually people who write those books don't have kids. Because I, we, Kim and I have three boys. And as much as I love my boys, immediately, I mean, they, they can just be selfish at two years old. How many of y'all have ever had a two-year-old you wanted to sell? 
right? Because two years, I mean, they, they call it what? The terrible twos for a reason. And the Bible says that all of us have a sin nature, that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So sometimes, you know, we have to just look at this and say, you know what? They're not just good, and I'm not just good. The Bible says all of us have sinned, and all of us don't really measure up to God's standard. This is what Hebrews 12, 5, and 6 says. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child... Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord, let's say these next words, disciplines those he loves. Now, we have three boys in our home. Um, Our oldest son is 14, uh, heading to 15 very quickly. Our middle son is nine. Uh, Our oldest son is Walt. Our middle son is Jed. He's nine. And then Bing is six. And um, as you well know, if you have more than one child in your house, we discipline our children in different ways. Each one of them is built a little bit differently. Their emotions run a little bit different. Their temperaments are a little bit different. And so as we talk about that today, we know that we have to keep that in mind about each one of our children. But the big picture that we want to focus on is that discipline is something that we do for our children, not to our children. Discipline is working together with the end in mind. That discipline and love go hand in hand. And sometimes that love is going to be tough, but it's still love. And so we want to see them as pieces of a puzzle that fit together and that we work on together as a family. Um, You know, kind of like the illustration of of a team, back to a team. Man, how did I get stuck with these today? Um, We're back to a team. And that idea that if if we're talking about a football team and the team is out on the field and they're making the plays and the referee makes a call and we don't agree with it, sometimes we're gonna hear a big boo. But just because we don't agree with it, a referee hardly ever turns around and says, okay, okay, I take it back. I changed my mind. And we have to watch out for that with our children. There's going to be times that we're going to make a call. We're going to throw a flag on the play. Hey. Bam. We're going to, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I rehearsed that for about 20 minutes back there in the green room. (laughs) So we're going to throw a flag on the play, and our children are going to go, boo. But we have to decide before we make the call that we're going to be consistent in what we're doing. We can't back down. We can't be like, okay, well, my bad. Okay, well, you can do whatever you want. If somebody grabs a, what's that, face mask? Face mask? What do you, yeah? Keep on talking. Okay, great, all right. If somebody does that and, you know, slams somebody down on the field and the ref comes out and he's like, oh, that was, no, no, that was bad. Don't do that again. I mean, the crowd would go nuts over that, right? There's got to be some sort of penalty, (laughs) I got it. I'm in the zone. There's got to be some sort of penalty. There's got to be some sort of consequence for that. And that's what we're looking at with discipline. The ref isn't doing it to be mean. The ref is doing it because there's something that's out of bounds. There's something that hasn't gone correctly. And so as parents, we have to remember that. We're working together and we're we're calling those out of bounds. Um, Number two that we want to talk about today is that as a parent, we have to call a consistent game. I've got to be honest, some days, that is about the hardest thing for me to do. There are days that I am not consistent myself. So in order for me to consistently be consistent in the discipline of my children who are also inconsistent, whoa, 
It's very hard to do. There are some days that, I'm, that I lack the discipline just to do what I need to do for myself, but I've got to be disciplined for them. In James 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 12, there's a verse that says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. That way your language can't be used against you. Now, I'm not implying that our children are gonna use our words against us. I know we've never dealt with that before. That's not something we're gonna deal with, right? But our consistency in the way we parent, in the way we live, in the way we deal with our spouses, in the way we handle conflicts, whether at work or friends or whatever that looks like, they're watching that. And our consistency with them leads to reliability. I want my boys to be able to trust me. I want them to know that they, can, that they can trust the discipline that I'm gonna give. For example, we have a rule in our house that when you have a snack or food, you're supposed to have it at the dining room table. So you can imagine that time after time after time, when I walk into the living room and there's a bowl and there's a cup, what are they gonna hear me say? What is the rule? Where does this go? Why is there food in my living room? Every time I see it, they're gonna hear it. There's gonna be a consequence that goes along with that. Consequence plus reliability equals security. They know that if they do this, they're gonna hear this. So even if sometimes the answer is no, it's what they expect. Our consistency builds trust and reliability with them. Inconsistency leads to unreliability. We don't want our kids to be there. We don't like unreliable people in our own lives. That's right. So let's be sure that we model that consistency for them. Really, the key to everything that we're going to be talking about t- today is consistency. That really is it. It's being consistent. And we have to start early. You know, it's one of those things that, have you ever, like, start, maybe uh, you started a little bit later, and you maybe you came up with some rules a little bit later. Maybe you started coming to church a little bit later when your kids were maybe five or six or maybe 10 or 12, and then you've kind of, you've started some new pe- penalties and boundaries. It's difficult to be able to get them to get on board. So it's always better to start early, start early. And then secondly, you assess penalties in private. You assess penalties in private. Again, that face mask that you were talking about, all right? When somebody does a face mask, right? All right? Like and, there we go. Uh, anyway, when somebody does a face mask, bad, <laughs> and, bad, and, bad. And, and, and what happens, they throw the, a flag on the play, and then, you know, the person says, you know, you know holding or face masks on, you know, number 79, and then the camera pans to number 79, you know, he's kind of like this. I mean, all eyes are on him, right? That's not what we want to do to our children, right? We don't want to just, our goal shouldn't be just to embarrass them. So when they're acting up, you assess those penalties in private. And and that means you may go to the bathroom with your children when they don't need to tinkle. There's something else, right? You know what I'm saying? You have to do that in private. It's very, very important. Also, the, the, the third thing is don't discipline out of anger, and this is so difficult, so hard. But listen, discipline is not for you. It's for your child. Discipline is not for releasing anger. I mean, it's hard not to understand the mother who says, the kids were driving me bonkers, so I spanked them, and, you know, it didn't do them any good, but it made me feel better, right? I mean, we understand that mentality because all of us have been there. You need to take a moment and cool down and reason with yourself rather than just acting out of your anger. 
Punishment should be for the good of the child, not for, so that you can blow off some steam. And let me give you an example in my life, because I am not the best at this, all right? If you've ever driven with me in traffic, you know I'm not the best at this. This is good for me. It's confessional, all right? It's like this. I remember probably about four or five months ago, I got a newer computer. It wasn't a new computer, but it was new to me. And uh, it was a Mac, all right? It was an Apple. And, um, and I got it, and my son, one of my sons was doing something funny with a blizzard in his hand, and he spilled it on my laptop. I know, right? And I, and I reacted poorly, I didn't, you know, I didn't hit him. I didn't, I didn't do any of that, but I screamed. I yelled. I was so angry. Now, he didn't mean to, but I mean, I just closed down his spirit by the way I reacted, and I had to go back to him and say, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Yes, I was mad that it happened, but you know what I taught my oldest son in that whole thing? I taught, I taught him that my computer was more valuable than him. And that's not what I want to teach my kids. It's not what you want to teach your kids either. So you, you, the tenants, I mean, you've got to calm yourself down. Take a moment and calm yourself. It kind of reminds me of this clip I'm going to show you. This clip is a clip all of us, many of us have seen, and it's a guy by the name of George Bailey. Who his world is unraveling at the seams, and he goes and he takes it out on his children in the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Y'all watch this. Must she keep playing that? I have to practice it for the party tonight, Daddy. Mom said we could stay up till midnight and sing Christmas carols. Can you sing, Daddy? Hurry and shave. The families will be here soon. Families? I, no, I don't want the families over here. Uh, Dad, how do you spell hallelujah? How should I know? What do you think I am? A dictionary? Tommy, stop that. Stop it. Janie, haven't you learned that Why must you torture the children? Why don't you... Mary. All of us know what that feels like. All of us do, because all of us have been there. 
if you're a parent, you've lost your cool and you've done something stupid. And one of the best things that you can do is by telling your children, you know what, dad was wrong, mom was wrong, will you please forgive me? But let me say this, how you parent your children is going to teach them more about God than we ever could here at this church. In fact, one of our core values in our family ministry is what happens at home is more important than what happens at church. And let me tell you, the best way that you can show them how to forgive and why you should forgive and and how to ask for forgiveness is by you modeling it. And for me, modeling it with my sons. This is what Proverbs 14, 29 says. Those who control their anger have great understanding. But those with a hasty temper will make what? How many of y'all ever made mistakes in parenting? Yeah, we've been there. We've been there. We're going to make mistakes when anger controls us. The last one is this. Hug after punishment. Hug after punishment. This is going to let them know that you love them. This is, this is a big one. You know, if you punish them and then you walk away and you don't hug, what is that teaching them? That you know what, when I do wrong, my parents walk away from me. And even if they buck up and not want, you grab your arms around them and you say, I love you. I love you and I will always love you. I will always love you. But let me tell you, our Heavenly Father, that's how He disciplines us. He comes and there is consequences for when we do wrong, but there is nothing, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, so hug them. We talked about the first part of our big idea today, which is relationship without rules equals chaos. And now we want to take a look at the second half of that, which says that rules without relationship equals rebellion. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. I want to start off with a verse, Psalms 26.3. And it says, For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. And that's where we want to end up with our kids. We want them to know of our unfailing love for them. We want them to know that we've spoken the truth to them. And this is especially true with our teenagers. We have entered into that phase of our life where we now have a teenager, and I've got to say, whoo, was not prepared, am not prepared. High school and teenager together, wow, rocking my world. Some days, all I've got is this little fingernail left right here, y'all. I'm just hanging on as I just go down. And, you know, we have learned so much during this time. Um as we've just faced a lot of new issues, a lot of new social issues, a lot of, you know, attitude, and, um, and I don't mean necessarily bad, but just all of those changes that come when we enter into that teenage time. And for us in our home, what we've started to learn is that, sure, we can come to our teenager with a list of the things that we require and what we're looking for and what you can do and what you can't do, and we can hand it off and we can be like, you do it. But it doesn't get us very far at all because we've not shown any love in that process. We've not taken the time to explain why we're doing what we're doing or what scripture has to say about that. If we're just like, we said it, you do it. Then then we've missed an important part. We've missed that part of love that goes with discipline. 
I've often said, you know, I've heard people say through, throughout the years that our, you know, we put our babies on a schedule or we, you know, we do this for our children. I've got to be honest, y'all. I feel like, I feel like Walt teaches me more than I could ever teach him. This is my first time through this experience. And there are so many things that I don't know because I've never been there before. And as you can tell, it's a little much for this mama's heart. And so what we're learning is that as we want to connect with Walt and as we want to go through this process with him, we have to be a team. We had that talk the other night when he was with us. And I just said, you know, the three of us have to work together to get to the end of this thing. Me and your dad and you. We have to have conversations. We have to talk. We have to be face-to-face in this. You have to trust that we know what we're talking about. And we have to show you that what we're doing is out of love. And that what we're doing is because we're a little bit further down the road than you. And we know about some things that you can't quite see yet. We know about some heartache that you haven't felt yet. We know about some disappointments that you haven't had to walk through yet. And because of that, and because of our love for you, this is why we're making these decisions. This is what this is about. Because I know that all too soon, there's gonna come a time when it's time for Walt to go. And as he looks back, as he turns around and he looks back at Chris and I standing there, you guys, I just, I just can't tell you enough how badly I want him to say, what my parents want, what my parents have, I want that. I wanna walk away with what they've poured into me. I wanna live that out. And some days that's the very scariest thing to me because I know that I'm not perfect. But then I can also look at the example of Jesus Christ. I can look at the example of my heavenly father and I can see that he longs for me just in the same way that I long for Walt and that I long for Walt to be a success and to have joy and to prosper. God wants the same thing for us, but we have to be in a relationship with him. Just like I have to be in relationship with Walt. I have to be willing to listen to my heavenly father. I have to be willing to obey him just like I expect that from Walt. And so today, if you're a parent and you're facing that time with your kids and you don't have a relationship with our God in heaven, I beg you, come to him. Because we certainly do not have the tools to do this on our own. He has called us to a great mission. He has given us a great honor to be able to pour into our children, to raise them as believers. So as they head out, they get to spread his good news among the people that that they will be around. But we have to start in relationship with him. So if that's something you're curious about, come talk to me, come talk to Chris, find one of our other staff members, because you will not be disappointed. You will not be let down. You will not find our God to be unreliable in his parenting of you. That's right. And as we seek to parent our children, he is the very best decision we could ever make. Absolutely. Got a couple of questions we want to be able to address um, before we're done. Um, First is this. 
How can you be a good step-parent to your kids when you aren't actually their father? You want to be their friend, but at the same time, you, you still have to be their parent. And I will say this. Uh, I got a couple of questions about step-parenting. I will say, I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't. But one of the things, as we talked about, consistency is a key, and there is um, this element of, can be, of inconsistency. Let me read you one other question, um, and this will help as well. I'm not a parent, but I am a significant adult in a child's life. Her parents do not enforce boundaries they set and aren't consistent. When the child is with me, I am at, wit my, I am at my wit's end. I set boundaries and enforce them, but as soon as she's back with her parents, any positive change I made goes out the window. How should I address this? And you know, probably the best way I can say this is there isn't a quick fix. There really isn't. But when, you, when they are with you, you be consistent. You choose to be consistent because I, I will tell you, I, nine times out of ten when I talk to, uh, to, to to uh, teenagers who are a little bit older in years, usually have graduated high school, they're always very, very grateful and thankful that their parents were consistent with them. And they said no. I, I was a student minister for 12 years, and I remember this one person came up to me and said, Chris, I just wish by parents when I would go out that they would say, you know what, you need to be back home by this time. They never did that. And I was around all of my other friends whose parents loved them, and they did that because they cared for them. It's like I don't even exist. Kids long for boundaries. And especially when you're a teenager, they long for relationships as well, as Kim mentioned. So I would just say, be, when they're with you, be consistent. If you're a stepdad or a stepmom, don't, um, you know, don't make, don't say, I'm not the real parent. When they are with you, you are their dad. You are their mom. And you be consistent and you be a team with your spouse. Again, a, a, a trap that you could fall into, well, I'm not the real dead, so I'm not going to discipline them. No, 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 no. Then you've made the other person the bad guy. Kim and I, you and I, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago in parenting. I mean, we don't want just one person to be the bad guy one person to be the good guy. Because what that happens is your kids are going to know which role you're playing and what are they going to do. They're going to manipulate. Absolutely. All right? Um, here's another one. One person said this. Um, a guy said a few years ago, are you protecting and sheltering your kids until they leave, or are you preparing them to be unleashed on the world? And that's what we want, all right? Another question. We are never, uh, we are never ever done learning in life and dealing with child discipline. I have also found they don't have to do anything wrong to be disciplined. Discipline doesn't always have to be bad. That's true. Turn everything into a lesson for them because we are learning with them. And that's a great point. Look for those teachable moments where you can be able to pull them aside and do that huddle. Very, very good. So um, I see. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I, I, here's one more. I always try to maintain consistency, and sometimes I definitely do let my anger get the best of me. But I think our biggest problem is communication. I try to make a rule and stick with not only the rule, but with the punishment. Sometimes we just don't have time to obey our own consistency on the rules and punishment. How can um, myself and my wife communicate better to control the rules and punishments? 
Um, great point. You got something you want to talk about? That? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think that's something that we probably all deal with in our homes where, especially if you're not all home together at the same time, um, one parent is there, the other parent is not, you know, you're, you're trying to make the best call you can concerning discipline in an area. And then you make the call and then you hear that, well, dad always, or well, mom, let me, you know, and so Chris and I have definitely dealt with that before, and we try not to undermine one another um, if, if it comes to be where, you know, Chris says, well, if that's what your mom said, then that's the way it goes, um, but I do think that it takes very good communication between mom and dad um, and to know these are what our boundary lines are, and sometimes if, if I'm really not sure, you know, I don't have to make a decision in that moment. There are times where I just have to say, I must speak to your dad. Um, and I think that also shows that it shows my children that um, I'm not going to be pushed. Um, that there are times that I'm absolutely going to wait for Chris and for the two of us to work through that together. Um, and that they have to respect that boundary as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you have a, a child who's consistently going over one specific boundary, one thing that might help is you just write that on a piece of paper, putting that on a fridge and say, this is, this is what we're going to do. And this is what's going to happen when you cross over that boundary and just be consistent. Really, I don't, I don't have all the answers. Kim and I do not have all the answers, but one of the things out of of 14 years of parenting and 20 years of being together, the biggest thing is consistency. Is consistency that what you say and what you do go hand in hand because you're going to teach them a lot more by what you do than what you will ever say. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love and your grace. We thank you so much, God, that we can be able to come and we can be able to see, we can be able to see how you discipline us and how, a, a, how you, your word says so clearly that you love us. And because you love us, you're going to put boundaries on us. There's some, there's sometimes you're going to discipline us. But Lord, when you discipline us, Lord, you will never, ever hold back the relationship. You never will. That you will always love. You will always give. You will always, you always give your son And nothing that we could ever do can ever break that bond that we make to you and through Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I love you. I thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us. And, Lord, I pray for those in here who have children, Lord, that you would give us grace and that you would give us wisdom. For those that don't have any children, Lord, again, that you would allow us to pray for our friends that we know that do have children. And for, Lord, for us Maybe you are children who are teenagers, God. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us how that we could show love, honor, and respect to our parents, even sometimes when they don't deserve it, when they don't act like it. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.